believe that in the 21st century, the topic of periods remains a taboo. My name is Leah, and in this podcast, I interview different people from different walks of life and different stories, and we talk about periods, because it is time to normalize the conversation around our blood. This is I Bleed. never really fond of yoga. I always felt that my body didn't really resemble a yoga body. Not skinny enough, not firm enough, and too curvy. Whenever I attended a class surrounded by Lululemon skinny tight bodies that could be manipulated in all shapes and forms, I felt out of place. I recently started practicing yoga at home with an app that allows me to choose what practice I want to do depending on the day. So instead of adapting to a class, I was finding a class that adapts to me and where I am. This is exactly what Joe and I talk about in this episode. Joe has been practicing yoga for over two decades and her practice has evolved through the years. And today, she finds herself focusing on the importance of cyclical wisdom in yoga practice. Her belief is that our primary spiritual practice stems from our own body. In this episode, we talk about yoga, fertility, cyclical wisdom, and how they all relate. The, the pregnancy teacher training, my, my experience of doing the teacher training was that I, I ran the training for a few years before I got involved in, let's call it cyclical wisdom. So, you know, I, I, I started with the pregnancy work and that work for me, it was all about abundance and, you know, beauty and pregnancy and, you know, feeling into the profound spiritual experience of pregnancy and, um, you know, um, natural birth and optimizing your birth experience and feeling into your connection with your baby and all of that stuff, which is wonderful. But uh, when I started the prenatal yoga teacher training, I didn't have the full picture. So I didn't really see... Um, a woman's life cycle and the whole thing. And I wasn't really connected to seeing um, the big picture. And then I studied with Uma Dinsmortuli and I did her training. And then I realized that what I was doing was not really within a framework. And uh, this is the first time on the online course I basically placed in the module one. Um, I've been working with Willow and she's done a little bit of work for me. To, and, and the section that they experience really early on in the course is called Placing Pregnancy in a Body of Cyclical Wisdom. So it's basically, so what is blood wisdom got to do with pregnancy and, and why is it even relevant and what is, what is menstruality consciousness and um, also what is, how does, what is women's spirituality and how does that connect to pregnancy and, and you know, everything else. And, um, and women who do the course that they've been like at first they've said you know i i was a bit confused by this and i didn't really get it but um and also i've had women um, write their womb story so when women come into the pregnancy course they think it's all about pregnancy right but what but it's it's so much more than that because you, you, you can't you can't talk about you can't work with women in pregnancy um, you know, without basically having that in mind, you just can't. And 
Um, especially if you're working one-to-one -one with someone, you, you really need to know their history because obviously what we experience in, in the menstrual cycle and the way we handle our pregnancy it has a parallel with how we handle our pregnancy. So, you know, if you look at the four seasons of the menstrual cycle, it's also translated into the four seasons of pregnancy. And it's, it's like, um, you know, the women who suffer from severe pain, endometriosis, all that kind of stuff, they're, they're the women who are most likely to, you know, have postnatal depression and, and um, to rush back into working after the baby and to have, um, you know, all that stuff going on. So, you know, the, the two things are really closely connected and they're like inseparable. Yeah, it's funny because then you, we don't really have, like, we didn't grow up with that connection in mind. I feel like pregnancy is like looked at as something completely separate from your period and your connection to your cycle in general, you know? And it's fascinating when, you know, occasionally I'll get friends, you know, because I haven't really promoted myself as like a fertility conception expert, but I do have friends and they kind of, you know, they'll send me messages because they know I work in that area and they're like, oh, you know, I've been in IVF and, you know, it's not working and panic and I know that you work with womb stuff, so what do I have to do? <laughs> you know, yes. so I get, I get those messages, but then, you know, what I tell those women is, you know, basically you need to go into the menstrual work, you know, and you need to connect to your, your womb and, and, and to go into that deep inner listening that's required. Um, and it's, all, you know, like the, the one woman I spoke to last week, you know, when I was actually speaking to her about the, about the, the IVF and everything else, she was, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I can't speak today because I'm in severe pain. And I'm like, why? She said, oh, I've got a really painful period. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, you don't need IVF. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, I feel it's such a massive issue in fertility that women, I mean, women are wasting their money on, on, on things they, you know, for very few women, that's not, that's not, I'm sure there is a percentage, but I would right. say, you know, 95% of women in the world don't need that route. They need they need a different route and it's much more simple actually than we imagine. Um, so I, I, whenever I, I talk to women like that, I'm like, okay, you know, like this is the work that you need to do. You know, um, you need to start, you know, really diving into your cycle and your cyclical wisdom. And, and, you know, it's actually a lot easier than it, it's, you know how this work is. It's quite magic when you really just even start to connect even on a superficial level, things start to rapidly change. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I like, yeah. But you have to have that trigger, right? Or you have to have that like Pandora box open to know that there is something beyond what you've been taught for such a long time. But how do you relate that to your yoga practice or to yoga in general? Yeah, so the foundation for me is really understanding that, um, you know, yoga as we know it, in you know contemporary society is basically a product of patriarchy so when um, as, you know we have not moved on from linear this idea of lineage and this kind of guru um disciple relationship within you know within um the modern world it is the the paradigm of yoga so basically um 
women who women have um, you know they've really found themselves through yoga practices in the 20th century so we've got this massive shift from yoga being for men by men you know exclusively in the hatha yoga um, world for centuries um, and also a total lack of understanding of where yoga has been for women over the centuries and there is there, there is a huge history of women in yoga but it's just not the hatha yoga that everybody of course connects to in the modern world so you know my journey with understanding how these things link together um was initiated through my um connection with uma dinsmortili and her book um yoni shakti um, and as soon as I read the ideas that um, she's offering in her work, I started to connect the dots. So um, what happens with the modern woman? You know, what happens when we connect the, the dots with, with these concepts and is we really understand that women don't really get that their primary spiritual practice is not what the guru is telling them to do. Basically, we really need to get to grips as women. We need to get to grips that our primary spiritual practice is actually our own body. Um, and whatever, if we, if we kind of start with that framework, we can then basically add in any other yoga practice. Uh, and what has happened to women is they have picked up on all of the amazing benefits of a yoga practice that, has been offered in the kind of male paradigm. So people have started to do, you know, Ashtanga yoga, Iyengar yoga, Hatha yoga, all of that. And it's, it's all really potent and amazing. And obviously that's why so many millions of women have kind of adopted the practices and have, you know, ha and why it's a woman, um, it's a woman dominant industry. Right. Obviously and classes of mainly women, especially in, you know, countries like, you know, Dubai and, and so on. Um, so, but women have really lost the big picture. So, um, and the women's wisdom has been really, really reduced to um, a sideline. So when, when women come to yoga, all they hear about, like, the menstrual cycle is, well, don't, don't do shoulder stands when you're bleeding um, and have a rest, have a rest when, you're, when you're bleeding. And that's basically it. Right. So, and people think, oh, well, my, my yoga teacher really respects my cycle because they say those two things. And it's so limited. It, and also, also it's like um, what I have I'm really into these days is seeing things in the context of it being the modification mentality. So it's like, right, you come into the system and when you're experiencing something related to your womb life, like pregnancy or um, bleeding, then you make a modification to the practice. You know, you don't do right. this and you don't, you don't do this and you don't do that. But, you know, it, it's like no one really got it until quite recently with like Uma's work and other people working in, in the field of women's wisdom, nobody, nobody really understood that that was completely wrong because it's like by saying that um, what we don't have to do when we're bleeding or when we're pregnant, we're kind of reducing our own wisdom um, by and fitting into a system 
And, and that's not the point. The, the point, there's a really, really strong point um, which we can really, you know, listen to that actually we start with, with the wisdom within and we start with listening to our, our cycle. And women are so different to men. You know, we're in this constant change. And, you know, like if you think about any one yoga class in any city in the world, you'd have a woman ovulating, a woman menstruating, a woman going through menopause, a woman who's just lost a baby, a woman who's postnatal. You know, it, there's very few like neutral situations in a woman's life you know so each one of those situations requires a kind of different essence a different practice and a different attitude and a different approach and so it's just very hard to put that it's very hard to sideline that to say that that's a separate agenda and what what Uma's done with her work is she's placed that She's placed that as the central agenda. So it's like, first, you listen to your body and your own wisdom from your own cycle, and then you respond to it, and then the practices that, you know, fit around what you are experiencing at any one time. You see right. what I mean? Yes, 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 because I, I, I see that. Like, instead of you adapting, instead of you, like, having, like, that one mold that has to fit everybody and us as the end user having to fit into that mold, we have to create the mold based on our needs by listening to our body, right? Is that kind of... But how can a woman be more in touch with her wisdom, her womb wisdom? I mean, for me, it's a lot about connecting your womb world with your heart so there's like a feedback system that goes on between those two power places in in a in a woman uh, in a woman's body so if you get in touch with um you know your embodied wisdom through your breasts and through your womb by really simple practices so you can do things like um the deer practice which is the 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 taoist practice of breast massage um and then you can do really simple um practices like placing one hand on the heart and one hand in the womb and you know coming into um this um flow between the two um so it, it there's no it, it's not rocket science at all um but it, it's it's simply you know a case of um just making um making yourself more available to listening to what you need on any one day so i mean of course when it comes to um charting your cycle um, and and knowing where you are in the cycle that that's really primary that's your primary practice so um you you chart your cycle you chart it on on paper and you notice the patterns of your cycle so that the, you can then practice your yoga in alignment with what is actually happening on on that day and and then of course you have um you know the way you the way you literally plan your life to fit around your cycle as opposed to just fitting into you know the sort of the way we we are told to work these days which is just you know continue every day is you know every as day if nothing happens <laughs> As if we're robots. And, and tell me, how did you, how did you, because you started your journey initially in yoga, right? So what made you 
like be become more interested in the cycle in the womb stories in this connection what, what was there a trigger or something yeah for me um it was pregnancy <laughs> so uh, and pregnancy is is you know it it's such a loud um calling to um listen to your womb <laughs> and you know um i, th I think it's a very for, for me for me it was like I, I experienced pregnancy as a kind of spiritual opening. So um, it, it kind of opened spiritual doors for me. And, you know, birth, birth is also a part of that for me. So the way I see birth is like a, as a, a radical spiritual portal, um, like an opportunity for complete transformation. And, and it's, it's like a, in, in the Yoga Sutras, they, they talk about um, magic powers or Siddhi. Um, and birth is like, for women, birth is like the ultimate um, city, the ultimate magical power. So, um, and I, I think you just really start to feel embody what is possible for womanhood as a pregnant and birthing woman. And I, I think that was basically my initiation into power. And I really, I really, um, I had followed um, some prenatal teacher training myself at the time and followed the wisdom of natural birthing and, and all of those things. And I, and I also started practicing a lot of yoga during that time and, and feeling a little bit of freedom because, you know, people kind of back off telling you what to do because, right. you, know, they, you know, your teachers all back off and then you really dive into like, what do I need to do? You know? And um, it's a real, I think it really wakes you up to listening to your, to your needs because they're changing so rapidly that you kind of have to. So, um, yeah, so it was more through practicing yoga whilst pregnant that I really kind of got some really clear messages about womanhood. Um, and I think that, you know, initiated me into um, an interest in, in blood wisdom um, and cyclical wisdom and I think I, I kind of evolved from I, I evolved from a yoga teacher just teaching 200 hour courses with um, my colleague Peewee in Dubai into a prenatal yoga teacher and teacher trainer and then from there I started really going into women women's cyclical wisdom in, in a bigger picture and I, I started Awakening Shakti the um, retreat for women kind of diving into all aspects of female wisdom from from menarche to menopause the whole life cycle and then um, shortly afterwards I I started Shakti celebration but I, I also had started going to temples in India like the and, and getting really into the the essence of the divine feminine and, and literally going into like pilgrimage to those kind of sacred spaces where that hold the energy of the divine feminine and and that was at the point where the work kind of completely exploded and you know so that there's kind of uh, my own it, you know my own practice is, is one thing but my um you know my kind of spiritual adventures um, in india have kind of few, been a major fuel for that you know it's a, a big a big deal right so your teaching kind of became a representation of your own journey yeah i mean yeah basically um you know i think any any good teacher um is teaching what the journey that they've been on and 
you know, the yoga world can be very toxic, actually, for women, really toxic, you know, it can include like body dysmorphia, it can include, yeah, the power abuses of men, it can include a complete misunderstanding of where women's wisdom comes from. It, and it, it definitely does not elevate, um, you know, female spirituality um, in any way. And, and, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, the, there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, the, the very early spiritual practices really being based around blood wisdom. So, you know, the very early spiritual worship all, all included menstrual blood offerings to Mother Earth. You know, um, and um, a lot of a lot of you know my teachers say that some of the Hatha yoga practices are this kind of effort by men to achieve what is naturally possible in a woman's body because they don't have that. Right, <laughs> so, right. So what's naturally on offer in you know the the divine connection that's on offer for menstruating women that plug in to the to higher spirit and also with birth of course and um you know with with pregnancy loss with lactation these are all considered to be you know cities of magic powers of womanhood you know um but women have women they have no idea that of course you know and and you of course your, your work where you're looking at these concepts of like the curse and you know, um, uh, and, and how we've handled um, our menstruation over, you know, however many decades and, and centuries, you know, and how we've been alienated from our own power. It's, it's just, it's huge when, it, when we look at yoga. Yeah. Because um, it, it's, and it's, um, there, and I remember hearing from one woman who said, you know, I was a vegan, I was eating beautifully, I was doing my yoga practice, you know, I did everything, I was disciplined, you know, I, I was reflecting, journaling, the whole package right. of conscious, the whole package of like the conscious woman, you know, but she basically said she was in severe pain, you know, she, um, you know, her hormonal world was imbalanced and and she had severe menstrual problems which weren't they they just weren't addressed by any of those things so and i see this more and more that women are basically they're they're sidelining those issues of like endometriosis fertility issues menstrual problems they completely sideline it they don't even look at it and they carry on with all the yoga stuff as if that didn't even exist. And it's really obvious why, because they're working in a world where no one even talks about it. And, yeah. and it's, that's, that's my experience. So, you know, you, you can do as much yoga as you want, but if, you, if you're not embodied in your cyclical wisdom, it's basically, potentially, not for everyone, you know, some people are kind of just not, you know how you probably talk to some people who don't have really many struggles with, menstrual issues right, or anything right. through but you know I tend to find that those women are kind of exceptions you know I, I find predominantly if, if, if a woman isn't paying attention to their um, blood wisdom that ultimately there will be some really um, major issues that they're kind of brushing aside and 
Yeah, I think that the thing is we are so, it's so ingrained in us to brush things aside or to just pop a pill or, you know, or pop pills for the rest of our life without dealing with the problem of periods that I do. And, and I think, you know, I feel somehow from looking as an outsider, I do also feel that even yoga kind of feeds on somehow onto the taboo, the way it's practiced nowadays. Yeah right? Because it doesn't really address when you go to a yoga studio or when you listen to commercial, what I call commercial yoga, I feel it's really not connected at all to womanhood, to your wisdom, to your womb wisdom, to your cycle. But that's why I think it's like the way we look at, even the way we look at yoga, it's like a a sport and exercise is for you to look svelte and be able to do a headstand, but without really understanding the essence of it, you know? So I think mm-hmm. there's two layers of work that need to be done in regards to yoga. First, understand the spiritual essence of it. And second of all, add on to it the, the woman womb uh, cycle wisdom to it as well. Because we are kind of like, I, I do feel that we are always forced to adapt, as you said, like, you know, we have to adapt to the yoga practice. But never have we been taught, like, actually, you can adapt the yoga practice to your need. It's never taught. It's never, it's never brought up ever, you know? Well, luckily, there are, you know, luckily, it's gaining, you know, um, the, the movement for, um, you know, um, women's empowerment in yoga is gaining quite a lot of momentum at the moment. And, and I think people are starting to wake up to, you know, um, these issues and, and um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of interest in, in the issues. I mean, the, it's also by doing the work that you create awareness, right? And like, if someone attends your course and they learn about it and they adopt this way while they're teaching, that's how it kind of spreads. Um, in terms of teaching, it, it affects everything from your, um, the way you teach, what you say to people, your approach to people, um, how you, um, the power paradigm of teacher and, and students. So, you know, um, and yoga has been, re- you know, has been in um, recent decades, has, has pretty much been about teachers going in and, and barking instructions at students who are, who are standing in lines. That, that is, you know, if you think about the more extreme examples of like Bikram yoga, um, you know, there's yeah. a script, there's a script, you know, the teacher has to tell you what to do. And it's all very much tied. What, one of the things which I'm quite obsessed about is how it's all tied up to discipline. So, I mean, discipline is really a big topic in yoga because, you know, without the discipline, you don't make the progress. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of truth in that. But the teacher's role then becomes this kind of discipliner, you know, and who's there to basically tell you what to do and to, bark instructions at you and and um you know we've had it that's a very male approach you know um unfortunately that is the truth so you know re-educating um you know women as to how another teaching style might be actually more useful so sitting in circles um you know um listening to people as opposed to telling them what to do um you know respect 
respecting their their um, opinions, you know. Um, and you know, I've heard of teacher trainers who don't allow questions because they know because they are the teacher and they they know they they know what they're talking about. So why do you need questions? You know? <laughs> they they own the truth. <laughs> um, and that is, and, and women really um, have accepted um, that approach to the level where we have been abused, um, and the power structures have been abused horrifically in the last, you know, however many years, mm. because people have sold the paradigm. They sold this paradigm of, of discipline and, and progress and self development, and you know, enlightenment as a, you know, as a kind of response to that. And, and, and then, you know, people abuse that and they, you know, um, you create these structures where, where, you know, people have a massive power to, to basically, um, usurp your wisdom, you know, and take that wisdom away from you and, and reduce your feminine wisdom to not doing a shoulder stand. It's just not acceptable, you know, and, and um, basically, yeah, and, and women are suffering as a consequence of that approach to yoga. Um, and, uh, you know, what I've seen is that, you know, it's, uh, it really is of massive importance um, to, to really see um, how our teaching style has basically left the feminine you know has forgotten the feminine so you know caring and sharing hasn't been very popular in recent decades when it comes to yoga but nowadays it's because it, it really I, I see massive changes and, and and women are really understanding that maybe they need to change the way they class i mean i, I really would like to be able to attend a yoga mm. class that is more geared towards like r less geared towards like the pose that you can do and how flexible you are and how fit you are and how like skinny and tight and more about like what with this body of mine which happens to be a body of a woman what can I do to optimize it and optimize my cycle at the same time you know I wish I wish there was a shift like that in the way we perceive things in yeah. general, you know, including with yoga, but including also, a lot, including with medicine, like, you know, instead of like fixing the problem, looking at the problem from within and finding the solution from within to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel we've and got it all reversed somehow. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's like, and I think women believe that when they do yoga, they're fixing all their problems, you know. Um, but if you're, it, it's like, you know, if you bypass the woo, you never will fix anything because you haven't, that, that really is the, the message that I've got. And, and that is predominantly, that is what women are doing. They are kind of bypassing, you know, the source of, of, um, of, of power, um, which um, is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Because we basically, um, I mean, yoga, yoga practices can, cha you know, change my life. And there's no, I started when 20 years ago and, um, you know, but it, it's all, it, for me, like the element of connecting to, um, red school and, um, 
Alexandra Pope and Reading Wild Power, you know, um, which is an amazing book on, you know, menstrual um, wisdom. wisdom. Uh, it kind of, that really woke me up to what was missing in my right. spiritual world, you know, and I had, not, you know, just, I think women like really, you know, we've had a really, um, it's just, it's the history of disempowerment. It's just so, you know, I, I didn't understand uh, in my own personal journey how much like my re- sort of um, British embarrassment kind of feelings around um, periods and how much that really affected me. Like, I, I just, well, I thought, okay, well, yeah, I mean, we had a really bad introduction to menstruation. It's just all embarrassment and not necessarily shame, although I know that's a big part of it, but I never really took that seriously as, as a huge issue. And it is, it is a huge issue. Yeah. Even if even if you don't feel like this, this kind of really, shame like really severe you know repressive emotions even those kind of lighter emotions of embarrassment or just disconnection that in it even things like that can can disconnect you so heavily that you know you're um you know you're you're just it's just um something i feel super strongly that mothers have a really big opportunity to change because you know i know with my own children like exposing them to nature which is basically what it is um when you when you let your children see your blood and you know you do a little ceremony in your garden of giving the blood back to the earth you know um it's like once they find once they see that and i think that's normal that will change the, that changes their whole relationship to nature and and uh, you know i i um i think for that might for a lot of the world i think that's still kind of shocking thank you for listening and don't forget to share like and subscribe and participate in my first period project or the pad art All information are on the site i-bleed.com.